Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Balance and Water. And as you can see, it's just balance here. Um, due to this whole quarantine situation, it's gonna be just me. Um, but I actually have a guest, so it just won't be it won't just be me talking. Um, and I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, greetings, everybody. My name is Jay. Um, I am happy to be here. Pleasure to be invited to be a part of this. Um, I've listened to the podcast several times, but it is an absolute pleasure to actually be a guest. So, yeah. Okay, Mr. Jay. Um, what is your zodiac sign? I am a Libra. Um, October baby, late October baby, and I, there's a lot of misconceptions to say about Libras. Because usually when I say I'm a Libra, people be like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for you, you're you know I'm a Libra as well, so I think that this would be a perfect conversation. I think that this podcast, or at least this episode, is going to go fairly well um, because Libras tend to click. We tend to understand each other. Don't you agree? I do. I think so. Um, I don't think I've ever had any real uh, spats with the same zodiac sign as me, especially because I know so much about how I am. It's easy for me to pick up on the cues of a Libra, especially the sarcasm. (laughs) That is very much true. It comes naturally for us. So, Mr. J, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? Um... Currently, I am a Class A CDL driver for a dialysis company. Um, I pretty much deliver dialysis supplies to hospitals, clinics, as well as home patients um, throughout the state of Florida. Um, I have a few side hustles, but the one that I'm uh, mostly involved in currently is photography. And I love riding sport bikes. I'm a little daredevil, say the least. I love music. Um, so yeah, I'm a jack of all trades, um, but I master a few. Okay. Okay. So right now during this whole quarantine situation, are you actually out now since you're a CDL driver? Like, are you an essential? I am an essential, um, being that dialysis is considered a life-saving, um, medicine or supply. Um, my job don't stop. As long as there's sick people, I'll be working. So, um. We've actually, I've actually been working overtime, mm. and I'm I'm blessed enough to say that we've been um, also receiving hazardous pay um, okay. during this pandemic. So that's a blessing. That's what's up. Everybody ain't able. No, <laughs> no I see a lot of people losing their jobs. A lot of people out of work. A lot of people getting cabin fever. A lot of people like really going through it. Um, relationships are being tested and challenged. <laughs> people are having to find new tools in the toolbox or sharpen the old ones as far as communicating and um, problem solving. Because I know, well, I can only imagine um, how difficult it might be to be stuck in the house, worried about finances and, and trying to get along with your significant other or your kid. Yeah, I think it's just too much time with the same people. I think it, you need that healthy distance, but now that we're unable to get that, yeah, a lot of things are going to be tested for however long this is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, um, just like with everything, with everything, it, uh, it requires growth. That is true. Right? That is true. I feel like every time we feel like we got it figured out, 
um, there's always another challenge that we're presented with to really, you know, bring things into perspective. That is true. So now that I have a male perspective um, in regards to this podcast, or at least this episode, I want to kind of talk about deal breakers, um, red flags as far as dating and in relationships. We can talk about both. Um, and then we can go from there. So what is, what is your idea of a red flag when it comes to dating? Like, do you have any red flags that you look for when you're dating someone? I don't necessarily look for them, but because I'm very analytical and attentive, especially to detail, um, they usually pop up over conversation, you know, um, I think red flags to me are signs that um, pop up that really tell a lot about a person's character or their personality that might or will present, you know, serious issues later on down the line. And um, I think one of the, the, the biggest red flags for me is someone who, who can't, someone who's not authentic, you know. Um, a lot of people adapt to different situations or different crowds, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. But a person who isn't authentic and genuine in who they are within themselves and pretty much um, puts on a show based upon who they're with, um, that's a red flag for me, you know. Right. Um, you can't be the same way around your family as you are with your friends or vice versa, or you have to put on a, a different face around your significant other than you do with your homeboys or homegirls. Like, that's a red flag for Yeah. Me. I totally agree. Now, for me, like, just because we are the Libra, we are Libras, I can agree to that. Now, for me, when it comes to red flags, I'm a little bit different. I don't know if you take a mental note or what exactly you do when you're getting to know someone in the dating phase when there is a red flag. Do you address it? Do you say, oh, that's a red flag, or do you just keep a mental note of it? Because I'm a very vocal Libra. So, um, I say I'm a, I'm a, Balance, no point intended. Of, of, of <laughs> both. I mean, there's certain situations where um, you might not be that invested to really make mention of it, and you know, you see, you take it for what it is. And then other times where you know you're trying to establish some type of base or build a strong foundation to go on the voyage of a relationship, you have to mention those things as they come up because you know you can ignore them, and then. You invested all of this time, and later on, you have regret. So I'm I'm very vocal for the most part, but I also like to avoid conflict. So it's kind of <laughs> like it's like, and then uh, you say things in a certain way, and then they come off the wrong way, and then you have to learn how to talk to certain people because you could be I could be blunt with you, right. but other people might get offended, put up their defense, and then prevent an awesome conversation from taking place because they and they feelings. So dealing with different people you have to develop different methods of communication so though you know i would like to be vocal all the time it's not always needed or um the straight up approach doesn't all isn't always effective right i guess it's for me it's like a catch-22 situation because i'm so vocal and i try to be as honest as possible so whenever i hear or see a red flag within someone whether i've invested a lot or not I see every situation whenever I'm dating someone, I try to look for the future. So I feel like if I don't address it now or if I don't bring it up, 
then I can't say anything about it later because it's already been mentioned to me regardless of how long it's been, whether it's been five minutes, whether it's been five months, whether it's been five years. I feel like I have to say something. Of course, it's all about your presentation of addressing that possible red flag. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like I do have to ask more questions when I do hear red flag. So for me, I know it's a red flag, but I'll ask more questions and dig into it to try to get a better understanding of it. And most other signs, they don't really know. They just think it's conversational based. And honestly, based on their response to my questions and how they explain it, I'll take it for face value and it is what it is. Because it's like, if I ask more questions and I get more answers in regards to this red flag, it gives me a better understanding. So now I know to where I can make a decision to say, you know what, I don't really want to deal with this. Or if it's a severe red flag to the point that I can't get over it in the future. Right. So for me, I feel like I have to be vocal and I have to ask questions when it comes to it. Because isn't that a rule? If you don't say anything about it before, you can't really say anything about it later when you go into something because you already know about it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that could be that could be volatile. That could, that could be a <laughs> recipe for a volatile situation. Yeah. I mean, what about you, though? Like, what's something that's like a huge red flag or a deal breaker? Um, A huge red flag to me, or the biggest for me, would have to be insecurity. Um, men with insecurities, and I would say most times within themselves um, and insecurity with women, if that makes any sense. So insecurities with them, meaning that they don't feel like they are up to a level or a standard that of someone that I would date. So when they go into it, they are trying to be something that they're not because they're insecure within themselves. I can't make you be more comfortable I just want you to be who you are and bring that to the table. Let me accept, give me the option to accept you for who you are rather than giving me something that you're not. And when it boils down, you can't maintain this facade that you're giving me. Right. And then also, you know, that are insecure when you have a woman that is a little bit prettier than the uglier females. (laughs) (laughs) That's the nicest way to put it, it, right? A little bit prettier than the ugly females, okay? (laughs) You know, they get a little bit insecure. They don't, they get a little bit more aggressive. They try to hold you back a little bit. They try to, they start to question you a little bit more than what they should, you know, because they feel like eventually you're going to walk away or eventually you're going to cheat because they may not have had a woman or a girl of that caliber. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like, uh, Intimidation can be confused with insecurity, and a lot of times, some uh, a lot of men are somewhat intimidated by a more or less ugly <laughs> woman than the average. <laughs> <laughs> and it can it can play on their psyche, and it can develop into some type of insecurity. But I feel like um, you know, men are their own worst enemy, and men know how they are. So when they see um, a woman who has options other than them, um, you know, sometimes they feel challenged and fearful of losing what they have. And I think that could, you know, men share, show fear and sensitivity different than, than women as far as emotions go. And sometimes men being mixed up in a wave of emotions and 
and and and insecurities or you know um feeling inferior to that woman i think it could come off a bunch of different ways but but don't you think that that's where communications would possibly come into because for me if a guy says that you know I've never had a woman or a girl of your caliber. I've never dealt with someone like you before. For me, that would give me some type of understanding. But I feel like, I don't know if men, they don't want to express that because they have to be this strong person or be like, I've had this before, so act normal. When they try to act normal, they're not really acting normal. Right. So why is it, well, why is it that men are intimidated by certain women? Like if, if you're going to approach a woman or a girl, I feel like before you even approach her, you have to feel like you have a chance. Like you're up to par before you even approach her. So when you approach her and you get the response that I guess you weren't expecting, like, yeah, I'm going to date with you. Why do you become intimidated afterwards once you realize that it's really happening? <clears throat> that's, a, that's a loaded, I have a loaded answer, but... It have to do, I think it have a lot to do with a man's psyche. Like, men men like to chase prey. They like the thrill of, of accomplishing something or or the thrill of the game of pursuing, of pursuit. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes, you know, men only go after women who they know will say yes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a type of hunter. Right. And then you, you, you have men who go after big game, big prey. You know, a challenge, a woman who... Who, ha- who carries herself with self-respect and dignity and, and pride and, and she's fly and she's intelligent and independent. Like, men might think that's what they want, but unless they're strong men themselves, yeah, they're going to feel inferior or they'll become intimidated or threatened by that woman. But the right man with the right mindset, be like, that's a great partner to have on my team. <laughs> agree, <laughs> you know? agree. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah, so, I, I've never really understood that. Like, they get their, like, they're on the. They got past the fifty yard line, and that's pretty much asking her out. Asking her out, she says yes. You guys go on a date, and now it's fourth and one, and you're on the goal line, and they end up fumbling. Like I, yeah. I, I've never been able to understand that. And so I guess it is their psyche where once they get in the situation, they realize that either they're not ready for what this girl or woman has to offer, or what she's giving off, and what they thought they were ready for, or what they can bring to the table because sometimes it's the challenge where they know that you know I got to step up and be a better person and people are not good when they're getting a situation and they know they have to change and they're not ready when you're forced that's awesome that you said that because I think that's another red flag like dealing with somebody who doesn't see the need or it's impossible for them to change because they're comfortable where they are Right. So that becomes a battle within itself when you're dating someone and you're ready, you're constantly evolving. You have one that's open to change and one that's just complacent because they've been in this position for so long, whatever it may be, whether it's a job or whether it's growing within a relationship, maybe it's growing a business, whatever the case may be. If they're complacent, that puts a strain on a relationship or dating as well when you have one evolving and one not. Because now it's like, I got to drag somebody behind and now you become baggage rather than a partner. liability. Exactly. Instead of an asset. Exactly. But um, but also, um, men are 
needy. Like we have a strong desire to be needed. We want to be needed um, for some type of validation deep within us. I don't know what type of um, where it comes from for like where a man longs to be needed. But when a man is with a woman who doesn't necessarily need him or she doesn't need his finances, like if he has, you know, some type of insecurity, it'll, it'll be an issue. Definitely. I've never understood, like, I I understand it, but I don't. Like, it's, I felt like, in my opinion, that it's always better to be wanted than needed. Right. Because it's like a catch-22 with a man. If a woman needs him and always asking for something, then she becomes a begging female. Yeah, she becomes annoying and a begging female. But then when you get one who kind of leaves you be, you know, she can handle her own and you know, you guys come together, then it's like, she can move on without me. I think that's the first thing, in my opinion, that comes to the head. She doesn't really need me. There's no way that I can keep her if I'm not providing for her. Right. I mean, I feel like it's better to be a team and have somebody that's contributing versus completely needing you. Because what if she lost her job and you had to do the upkeep, the total upkeep of her? Yeah, no. That's expensive. Exactly. (laughs) That's always my rationale. Like, if you want to be needed, what if she lost her job today? Her living expenses, whether she's staying by herself and you guys are dating and she has rent that's twelve, thirteen hundred dollars She has a cardinal. She has insurance. And she yeah. needs you. What do you do in that situation? I don't know. I don't have to answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Two like, have to become one. <laughs> Yeah. You're probably yeah, telling to go to unemployment. I can see you saying that now. Yeah. Me? You see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're probably like, have you decided or thought about maybe a nah. for unemployment? Listen, you better Uber eat, live, shoot, <laughs> go sell some, uh, what they call it, what they sell, plasma. You better go. <laughs> I don't know. And when you're hungry, plasma. you can go on a tender date and get your free meal. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna allow your girl or the person you're dating to go on a date for a free meal? Nah, nah. <laughs> Times is hard. Yeah, but but I, I guess I can understand that one where it's a part a large portion of it is due to the male psyche. So what are some other red flags that you may have when dating? Huh. Let me see another red flag when it comes to dating. Um, someone who can't admit when they're wrong, (laughs) who can't apologize, you know, see, look, I'm going to be real. I'm a sensitive guy. Um, you know, I, my circle is very small. And when I, when I give my time, my attention, my energy, my resources, my knowledge, all of that, when I, it's it's out of love, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I love hard and I hurt easy. And, <laughs> and I have I have a strong desire to have peace by any means, whether I have to cut you off to have peace or whether we have to really have the hard conversations to have peace or that I need to take the sacrifice of telling you about yourself and hurting your feelings <laughs> for you to really understand where I'm coming from in order for there to eventually be peace. Like, I, 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 seek, I seek peace. So while seeking peace, in every situation, there's nobody is completely innocent. 
So right. a tool that I use is to try to find the, the, the area where I'm wrong. Because I'm not going to always be completely right. You know, I'm going to cause some type of offense. I'm going to cause, you know, something within the issue that we might be having. And I'm going to admit where I was wrong. Right. And when, I, when, I, when I'm dealing with a person who, who, who's incapable of doing the same thing, it just becomes so frustrating to me when you have a person that can't apologize or what they see or to genuinely say I was wrong for saying this or doing that um, you know because at the end of the day I, I seek peace right I think yeah. I, I think that's more so a Libra thing because I don't know why I get this a lot but it's so easy for me to apologize if I'm wrong and especially <clears throat> if in a situation where you know People have to take a cool down break and just separate. A, somebody go to this corner, somebody go to that corner. The first thing I do is I look at myself first. What did I do to initiate it? Or what did I do to contribute to this? But that's your character, too. A lot of people don't have that character trait where they can start with themselves. A lot of people are are, are, are finger pointers. Like, you know, this what? is what this, you know what I mean? But that's, that's, that's awesome, too. I mean, I hope that's not um, just... <laughs> Centered towards Libras, where we, you know, try to sit down and figure out where we wrong. I mean, that's that's the most common thing I've seen with the Libra, and yeah. like most other signs, they'll be like, "My bad." For me, my bad is not an apology. I need to no. hear, "I'm sorry," or "I was wrong for doing whatever, whatever, whatever I did." Like right. that's an apology for me. A lot of people are like, "Well, my bad." You know, that's that's not a real apology. So it's like getting around from saying I'm sorry or they were really in the wrong. Because if they never actually say those ro- those words, I'm sorry or I apologize for whatever I did. It's like for them, it's like a compromise for them where like I kind of admit it, but I didn't really say I did it. I just said it just to dead the conversation. Or yeah. they may not even feel like they need to say even my bad until somebody else admits to being wrong. Because it's always the unspoken word that the first person that says they were wrong or they admit to something had to be at fault. Yeah. When it always takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Always. Every single time. So for me, I have to hear those words or I'm going to keep asking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you just <laughs> think it's all my fault? Yeah. And they're going to so constantly you re- keep... You're really not going to say sorry? Right. And so now I'm going to be in a bitchy mood until I hear I'm sorry. Whether it's a week, whether it's two weeks. I don't know how long it's going to last. Right. I absolutely have to hear those words. And I think it's more so a Libra thing. I have one friend. (laughs) She won't apologize. Even if she may be wrong, she'll be like, you know, you know, things are kind of messed up right now because you did this and I reacted that way. So if you took it wrong, then... You know, then, um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? I mean it like that. Right. <laughs> and like, she's dead serious. She is not going to apologize. And I've known her for what, four or five years now? I've, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard her apologize to anybody. So if yeah. we were ever to have a disagreement, I'm just going to, ch- you know, chug it to the game. She's not apologizing yeah. for shit. But it's funny because she's always going to put you at the blame for the reason why she reacted a certain way. And it's almost but funny. Even though. Even though she apologized that way, do you feel like she's sorry? Sometimes you can hear it in her voice that she might be a little bit sorry, but I think because she really just don't give a shit. Yeah. A lot of times, she doesn't care if you walk out or leave. 
but she and I are great friends and we never really get into it. We joke all the time. We crack all the time. So I see the people that are insensitive to her jokes and then looking for an apology. I'm like, you ain't going to get it. Yeah. Or even when she's wrong in a situation, you're not getting an apology. So just accept her like asking you if you want to fry as an apology. Right. That's why I was going that's where I was leading. Like some people might not verbally apologize, but through deed and like, you know, they'll show some type of remorse by like doing something for you or buying you something or like, you know, offering to go somewhere with you, which is like a form, like a peace offering, which is an apology. Yeah, that's not an apology in my eyes. I'm a, I mean enough. I'm gonna go get the it's food. Not, right. <laughs> and I understand where you're coming from, but it ain't good enough. Right. I'm gonna eat the food. Right. I might be a little happy. I might have an attitude, but I'm still going. And I still look for my apology a little bit later. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But so, yeah, that's, I, I can't stand that though. Like, because it's like, I feel like I've grown so much from who I used to be to who I am now mm-hmm. because I'm able to take a step back and say, you know what? This is an area that I really need work on. This is an area where I feel like I can improve on, you know, and it's not, my, it's not, you know, putting the front on of that being perfect, but it's being on a quest to be better. And if you are someone who wants to grow and want to be better, you have to you have to evaluate yourself continuously, and that's and that's growth. And for me to see where I was and where I'm at now, when it comes to conflict or you know problem solving relationally, is like. Like how it's like you break things down to the person who you might have a disagreement with and it's like they just don't get it. Right. And it's like, are you not getting me because you don't want to? (laughs) (laughs) Are you choosing not to understand me? (laughs) Are you not understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? So So, now, say for instance, you've seeing the red flags in this person, but they're generally a good person. They just have to do some change. And then maybe after time of you guys getting to know each other and actually dating, you know, maybe they'll just change within themselves. So how long do you give it before that red flag becomes a deal breaker for you? Yeah. Before it becomes a thorn in my side. Um, well, I think, uh, I think a lot that plays into why, people are the way they are is because they have a lot to do with what they've been through. Um, traumas from relationships or um, baggage that they carry around from childhood or like family stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I try to get an understanding and a hold of like their background to kind of establish some type of base to explain why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And depending on that would determine the timing, you know, because some wounds it takes forever to heal. You know, people go to therapy for years and they, you know, still deal with the issues that they seek help for. Right. So, um, I mean, I know this is not a mental health topic or conversation, <laughs> but I do feel like you know, the way that we are raised, it causes, it causes mental health issues. Like, like, for instance, right, when I was younger, my mom would say, or my aunt, both of them would say, somebody touch you, you whoop they ass, right? I used to get in a lot of fights because I didn't allow people to try me, you know what I mean? And then when I would see it coming, I would turn into the bully. So I would get in a lot of fights and then I would get in trouble for doing exactly what I was told to do. So it's like... I don't think they I admit try- that. 
<laughs> what you do, I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have a short temper. But once I get upset, that's it. Right. So I try not to allow myself to get upset. So, you know, for some people, that might be a red flag. But this is the re- the reason why I am, because I know how I am. Like right. I see red when I allow, well, I see red when I allow myself to get upset. And um, so I try to. That's a huge reason why I seek peace. Because I don't want to go there, and I know how it is, you know. Right. For me, that's that's I, definitely a Libra thing because I'm big on feng shui, and so for me, I rather just leave a situation before I get upset. I rather right. just walk away, cool off because once I'm there, I'm there, and I don't think anybody can get me down until God Himself calms me down or I'm back at my peace level. Right. You know, so I, I definitely think that that is a Libra thing. And I agree with you that a lot of things that we've been through or we've grown up being told or that we've just dealt with over time causes a lot of things that become red flags to others. That's why for me, when it comes to dating, I I feel like, or at least this is one of the first or main conversations that I have that I feel like people need to heal themselves before they try to get with anyone else. You can't be a half a person and try to get with someone else and become a whole because a half and a half doesn't create a whole. You need to come as a full person. That way, whoever that you are with or that you're getting to know, they're an asset to you. It's not somebody that you need in your life, but that's what ends up happening when you have a half a person. They end up getting into a situation or getting to know someone and are depending on them to make them whole or fulfill this this void that they have within themselves. So when that person leaves or disappoints them in any way, now it's like World War Three. like, I never should have trusted you, but you were never a complete person coming into this. So regardless of what I've done, you should have been able to see it for face value and actually analyze it. But a lot of people are not able to analyze situations because they take it to heart, because they depend on this one person to always make them feel whole. And I feel like that is what is an issue for a lot of situations. Yeah. They look at the fact that's, that leads me to the next red flag. Like, uh, someone who has to have validation right. from like, from, from the outside, right. like a constant need to be seen or a constant need to like, to be told that they're pretty or good enough or, right. you, you know what I mean? Like, you know an attention seeker yeah i don't i don't like that yeah that's a red flag for me yeah that's a that's a major red flag i think for me with all the social media and stuff now i see a lot of men looking for more attention and validation on social media and a lot of people don't know this but this eliminates a lot of guys before they even get a chance to slide in my dm like how you represent yourself on social media is how I'm going to view you. Like, just like jobs do. When you apply for a job or major job with a corporation, they look at your social media because you are a representation of them. So whenever you're on social media and you think that you're going to try to talk to me, even before you even think that, I'm already viewing you a certain way. And I'm like, I could never date someone of this caliber because of how they make themselves look on social media. Regardless of who you really are outside of social media, I don't want to be associated with somebody that constantly needs likes. Portray themselves to be that way. 
Yeah, I don't need you to post things that make people laugh, but it's inappropriate. I don't need okay. you seeking attention that much that you're going to steal somebody's status. Like, I, I, I don't need somebody that's overly needy for social media and people to actually like them or laugh at them to make them feel good. Or if they're always on every time I get on, because I'm never really on. But if every time I'm on, you're on, what do you do? <laughs> It's not what just a coincidence. Yeah, it's just not a coincidence that we're just on at the same time. Yeah. So I I, I view a lot of people based on their social media, and <clears throat> I, I see a lot of guys. Sadly enough, they're dressing up worse than the women to be on social media to take a picture. Oh, talk about it. And I, for me, I I really want to know how this conversation goes when the guys are asking their friend, "Hey man, take this picture with my iPhone. Did you get the right yeah. angle?" Pose this way, like I want to see how this shit is happening. Catch me off guard. (laughs) (laughs) Like I want to, I want to see how this is happening. Because if I saw it in person, I'd be like, "Wow, wow." I I don't, I don't understand it. I guess because for me, I've never really needed attention or approval for anybody else because I'm gonna do what the hell I want to do, regardless if you like it or not. So those that become needy, especially now with social media, it's a, it's an instant turn off for me. I won't even look twice. Okay. So do you have any more red flags that'll lead into a deal breaker for you? Like over time, is it something like, you know, maybe she might have a a slick mouth that you've let things slide, but now it's been a year or two and you guys are like dating and, you know, because you let it slide before, is that going to be a deal breaker or do do you think that's something that you can look past? No, I can't look past that. <laughs> like, uh, no, I can't. That's like the. Like, I I'm cool with the sarcasm. It's sarcasm to me is uh, like I'm witty and clever. I would like to think so. <laughs> so when you, with, with certain sarcasm, it's entertaining to be like, damn, that was good. I like that. Right. <laughs> you know, because I'm a geek. Long as you can take it in return. That's the thing. <laughs> Because I know some people who be like, oh, you got a slick mouth, but I can take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if if I'm always giving it and you get in your feelings and I and I cool down and pull back and you throw it, then that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem for me. I mean, maybe but, maybe you just hit a few soft spots for with your comebacks that, you know, may have touched a little, you know, a sore spot that she had. Yeah. Well, maybe. But here's the thing. <laughs> this is how I look at it, right? That's how I look at it. So, so growing up, right, my mom, you know, I was raised by my mom, my aunt, and partially my grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing how they talk to people, especially men, um, I, I it always sat wrong with me, even <laughs> even as a child. Like, that, you can talk to him like that? That's crazy. That's messed up. And I, I feel like women have this, this fine inclination on on a man's soft spot, like how to hurt his ego, how to hurt his feelings, how to hurt his core, you know, his manlyhood, like all of that. <laughs> and to to take a blow that severe to intentionally hurt someone, that's a form of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Like you know, men, you know, they they because they're stronger physically. Right. You know, a lot in some cases, well, a lot in most cases, not all stronger physically they feel as if okay i can physically handle this woman to impose my will 
or to have my way or to get some type of retribution, right? Yeah. And you have some guys who are smooth talkers that, you know, get into a woman's psyche and, like, really use words to, like, manipulate her or right. him, you know, because women do it too, um, as a form of manipulation to abuse them um, mentally. And then with a woman verbally... That's abuse. <laughs> I, I feel like it's just humbling. I feel like it's just humbling him, depending on what it is that she's uh, attacking him or how she's attacking That's your him. Job. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes you know God. You know they say God is going to take care of things in due time. Sometimes you have to speed that up. Okay. You have to just humble him. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to do it. Not saying it's right, but it all just depends on how it's given. Because I, I agree that, you know, sometimes women or we as women, we may know that a guy has a soft spot in a certain area. And I've learned that words hurt men worse. Why? I don't know. They can bitch 350, but words always tend to cut them deeply. And I've noticed that men don't forget it. They can forget the day of the week. They can forget a birthday. But if you say something that hurt their feelings, they're not going to forget it. And on, that, that's a that's a problem for me too. That's probably a deal breaker. If a guy constantly brings up something I said, like "damn, I said it a year ago," let it go. <laughs> Maybe you never apologize. <laughs> I, I I know I apologize, and if I apologize, that means let it go. And if you're gonna stay, then deal with it. Let it go. Yeah. If not, yeah. don't bring it up. I know I said that you were stupid. Okay. I mean, I may not have even been wrong. But I apologize to make you feel better. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the wrong thing to do. You know, sometimes you have to just bite the bullet. Yeah, I may have said you got a pill head and your ears are too big. But I was stating the truth, but I'll apologize because that hurts your feelings. Right. But don't you bring it up. because, yeah, okay, I feel you. That time you called my head beat. Right. <laughs> Right. No, don't bring that up a year later when we get into an argument talking about you still bothered because I said that. Yeah. Yeah, your head is still big. It never changed, to be honest. Now, if I add on to it, now it's even a bigger problem. Men are really dramatic. We can be. Extremely dramatic. Women are dramatic. Yeah, women are dramatic. Extremely dramatic. I think those are the ones that can't, that can dish it but can't take it. Me... I can dish it and take it. So for me, I don't really have like, I don't really get offended easily. And I think that, I don't know if this is a pet peeve of mine, but like if we're having a good time and like we're joking, we're being sarcastic together, we're dishing it, we're both taking it. And I say one thing and you get offended, that's going to bother me. And I'm probably not going to want to talk to you anymore because now I feel like you're soft. But it's, it's a psychological thing for me though. If I know that I can easily offend you or easily hurt your feelings, it's not going to work for me because sometimes I'm so quick with my sarcasm that, you know, it just comes so naturally. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. You know, I'm just trying to have fun with my words. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, A verbal exercise. Exactly. You know, I have to have somebody who's strong enough to be able to take it. Yeah. And move forward. So now that we've talked about red flags and deal breakers and we're moving forward to now you're in a relationship with this person, do you require 
the person you're with to ever be submissive? Or if you don't require that, is there a certain aspect that you would like to see your partner submissive in, in the relationship? Uh, oh, that's a good, I like the way you put that. In cer- a certain area that I would like to see my partner submissive in. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the dynamic of the relationship. Like, okay, because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know for a fact that every time, especially in church, <laughs> when you hear the word, <laughs> when you hear the word submissive, yes, I would say about eighty-five to ninety percent of the women screw their face up. I ain't submitting shit. <laughs> right, and that, right. I'm gonna follow all of God's commandments, but submit, huh? I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, whatever. So I, I feel like that word has developed a negative connotation on it, and I think when women hear the word submit, they think slavery, yeah, or they think bound or bondage. But um, it's definitely like the connotation because when you hear submissive, it was like in the 1950s or 60s where women weren't working and men were the only okay. ones working. And, you know, you had those idea or the the role model roles for each person, for male and female. You had the woman at home cooking, cleaning, doing all the household duties. You had the men going out working, coming home and just being really tired and the woman was supposed to make sure he was okay and pretty much quote unquote catered to because he was out making all the money. That's how it was before. So when you hear submit, or at least for me, when I hear submit, that's what comes to my mind, 1950s and 60s. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's why I asked which aspect, because nowadays you have women that are working the way that the economy and everything's set up. Both people have to really be working. And now sometimes you have women who work longer hours than men. So it's like, why would I ever just, just this is just me. Why am I going to submit completely when I'm working more hours? I got to have the baby. I mean, I got to go on. I got to go into labor. I got to carry a child for nine months. I got to be the primary caretaker for the child and all he's doing is going to work, paying half the bills, just as I am. And he gets to sit on the couch. I think that's what a lot of women think. But it's certain aspects, or it depends on what you mean when you say submit. And I think that... This is right. Men, it depends on the dynamic of the relationship. Right. And I think that that's something that has to be stated or at least expressed before just throwing out that word submit. Submit is almost like a curse word. It's like being called oh. a bitch. Like, oh, hold on. What you mean? Lordship, ownership. Right. You 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 got you got to explain what you mean when you hear. Mean by they submit. Right. Well, the I think so. In a lot of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Let me talk. Let me just talk about my past relationship. Mm-hmm. So when we first got together, um, I would take care of all the finances and take care of all the bills. You know, I had a system in place where, you know, that that was my responsibility. And then um, as time went on, you know, the responsibility changed, the shift. Right. And I accepted the fact that she's a little bit more um, 
detail when it comes to the finances. So without any question, though I'm the breadwinner, she's in charge of the finances. Right. Because that's her strong suit. And a lot of men can't give over complete access to the bank account (laughs) and uh, all that information because, you know, it's kind of like their shield in a sense. But, you know, when you reach a certain level of relationship and accountability, then all of those things should be free game and open. And a way I submitted to her was following her financial plan and us actually talking and coming up and agreeing on a lot of things and ultimately being have given her the main responsibility of the finances, I was able to submit to the things that she put in place. And I don't have a problem being the male being the breadwinner, being the provider to submit to her in that area. So um, my biggest thing when it comes to submission um, have a lot to do with something we talked about earlier, like the way you talk to me. Um, There's a level of respect that I give and I expect it in return. And we all supposed to have these boundaries that we set in place, you know, so we don't, so things don't get out of control. But um, I see, that being a big issue for some women. Um, yeah. Submitting. Yeah. And that, and that, and that because it, it comes down to it. I don't think a lot of men think that way where we're a team, where you'll be submissive in an area where, you know, your partner may be stronger. at. So like you said before, she was stronger in her financial plan. So you would submit and let her help or let her lead the way because she obviously had a, a stronger area in that department. Versus other areas that you were stronger in. But most men don't see it that way, even if it's a level playing field. You know, they don't they don't like to have a woman having some type of control because it's like for me, it's like what I said before. They feel like she may leave or she can always go because she don't need me. She can handle things on her own so she can pay her bills. Like you said, intimidation factor. She can pay her bills. She can do everything else without you. What does she need me for? So it becomes, I need her to submit to make me feel like a man, a whole man, like I'm doing something. And for me, that doesn't work. You have to come in feeling like you something prior. So it's for me, I don't mind following a man, not a boy, but a man, as long as I know that he can lead properly. I have absolutely no problem letting him lead. But if I know that I'm smarter than us and I don't do dumb shit like you, I'm not letting you yeah. lead. I'm not going to let you crash both of us. No. You ain't going to sink the ship, bro. Yeah, I'm not going to let you just willingly sink the damn ship. And I know I can drive the boat. No, sir. Yeah, let me drive the boat. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to drive the boat. You sit back and you handle whatever else needs to be handled. Like, let me drive the boat. This, I'm, I'm yeah, a little bit stronger with this. Yeah, I got this. And I think... Like I said, it, it have everything to do with the dynamic because if if a man isn't equipped to lead, I don't see, you know, the problem with a woman taking the reins in certain areas while still, you know, being right. respectful of her husband's position or her man's position. Right. But it, it takes a man who who's strong within himself and who doesn't have those type of insecurities for that, for that type of relationship to work. Right. And I think a lot of it for me, it was with my upbringing. So my parents are high school sweethearts. So they had me their freshman year in college. So I seen the ups and downs with them. But 
one thing I always noticed is that they never had any roles. It wasn't like the woman needs to be home. I need to make the most money. Like my dad got home before my mom. He made sure I was taken care of. He cooked. She got home. She did those. They both paid the bills together. So I saw the teamwork the whole time. So for me, I'm never looking to totally be a submissive person to where I'm not contributing something just because I've always seen that happen. How well that worked out when you have somebody that's giving 50 50 or always helping for me, I could never be a stay at home mom. I can't be a stay at home teacher. It's not going to happen. I'm not negotiating that whatsoever. We can negotiate other things, but that's not happening with me. I have to pull my own weight and it's not because I feel like I want to be okay if we were not to work out that's not the reason I'm doing it I'm doing it because I have to have my own form of independence outside of the relationship or the family I have to have something with my name attached to it to make me complete as a person so I feel like the whole submissive role it has to be broken down for me what exactly am I submitting to and why am I being submissive and why should I submit and Right. Well, your case. Yeah, like <laughs> tell tell me exactly why you, you want expect? me to submit. And if I find validation in it, I'm like, you know, you're right. You are strong in this area. I am a better cook. Maybe I should cook more often. Maybe I'll cook four days out of the week and you'll cook three. You know, that is something I could but you gotta be very direct when you say submit. When you just throw out that words, it becomes offensive for women. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know. And don't, and fellas, don't say it on the first date. Like, we say that for date three, okay? For me, I'd advise them not to even say it at all. You got to throw it in there in the middle of conversation later on down the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You might want to wait on that one. Yeah. Went over with your charm first. (laughs) Yeah, you you gotta you gotta have me like head over heels first before you even throw out that word. Yeah, bruh. So I was thinking, uh, this whole submission thing. Uh, <laughs> right, because I, I want to say a while ago, I was dating this guy. We get to know each other. He threw out, he was like, yeah, because I like my women submissive. I'll lead. And I was like, hold on, what? And I was like, what? You know, of course me. I have to ask questions. I was like, well, what do you mean submissive? It's like, I have to make the most money. I want her to just take care of the family. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you going to do? Because... Either you're going to be making over six figures to where you can take care of everything, but we're not going to just live poor because you want me to stay at home. Right, that don't make no sense. Yeah, fifty and 60000 is not a lot of money when you're talking about a family. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're single, it's okay, but even then, it ain't all that. Yeah. So it you have to be very detailed when you say that word submissive. Me personally, I don't like it. I feel like you need to use something else. Okay. Um, Maybe like compromise. Huh? Compromise. Yeah that that sounds so much better. It sounds softer. It sounds like something we can discuss. I can talk with that. Submissive is just so negative. It sounds so rough, and I don't. I don't know. I just that's don't that really negative like connotation that's been attached to it. For right. So long. It just sounds right. so dirty. <laughs> like I need something a little bit softer, and compromise is something. I can deal with. Now that brings up a discussion for me. I still might say no, but at least we can discuss it. Yeah. You say submit, I'm probably going to say no nine times out of ten. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. That's not going to work. No. So, 
are you a team player when it comes to a relationship? Of course, you said you don't mind submitting and in certain situations. Are you a team player if things need to change? If you have to be there pretty much, you know, like the mom has the child 90% of the time or she's home making sure the homework is getting done and, you know, food is being made. Now, if she ends up having to work long hours, would you be okay with taking on those roles? Yeah, I'm absolutely okay with taking on those roles. Um, I, I, uh, it, like again, if I'm dealing with a woman who, who I know, well, for, for one, I don't have those type of insecurities where I have a problem being a stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. If if my spouse is capable of of taking care of the household financially, because the love that I have for my woman and the love that I have for the, and the desire that I have to have a strong family, I'm willing to lay aside my will in order for everybody to succeed. Because if I'm, like, for instance, I see a lot of cases where, you know, the boyfriend and the girlfriend work or the husband and the wife work, but one of them makes so little money that it only covers daycare and after-school care and little things like that. I prefer for my child to have a solid education with my woman staying at home, taking care of the kid, instead of going to work, somebody else educating the kid and you just barely making enough money to cover childcare. Like, that and don't make sense to me. So it would make sense in that scenario for her to stay home. But um, as far as it comes to me being able to switch roles and, you know, do whatever need, whatever needs to be done so we can and ultimately reach our goal as a family, hey, whatever I need to do. Right. If I come home, I might be in the apron. Right. That's, that's, real, that's real teamwork. Um, yeah. That's real teamwork to make sacrifices. And I think that's the biggest thing to in the future, once you get past the dating phase, being a team player. You know, I grew up playing sports, so I always look at things being easier or making the baskets at an easier rate. So how can we get down the court and score a basket the easiest or the fastest way as possible, working together? And so I think that's what a lot of situations lack is the ability to work together where they feel like one has to carry more in certain areas. And I think that that's because of an insecurity between them. Yeah. Like if, if one has an insecurity and they don't feel strong in that area, they feel like the other one has to do it because I may not be as good at it or I may not be capable of doing it the best way that I can. Just because they, you know, they're afraid to step out of their comfort zone. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you totally. So... Is there anything else that you want to tell the people on the podcast? It was definitely a pleasure to have you on here. I'm grateful that, you know, I actually had you come on. I've been talking about this for a while. At least we've talked about it a few times, but it's always a great conversation with you. Is there any type of promotion? Do you do photography? Is there anything else going on that you want to tell them? All right, boom. So check it. (laughs) Fellas, my advice to you is don't ever become a yes man. I don't care what older people say just say yes honey yes baby sometimes that works fellas but there comes a time where you know a compromise isn't needed and war ultimately will heal the land ladies (laughs) 
Listen, I'm not saying change who you are, but be open to growth. Be open to apologizing. Become better listeners instead of interrupters. I didn't get to talk about that one. Women who can't listen during the argument. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on. We can um, talk about that. Yeah, those interrupters. Um, and just, just, just learn how to love each other properly, man. Everybody have a love language. Everybody communicate different, and it takes a person who's willing um, to sacrifice their own will at times um, for the betterment of the relationship and. Um, sacrificing your own desires sometimes um, to have a healthy relationship. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the word just, J-U-S-T underscore J-A-Y 305. Um, I do hostings whether it's a wedding or an event or a bar mitzvah baby shower or whatever. Um, if you need a photographer um, you can hit me up for that. Um, and if you just need some solid advice or somebody to talk to and listen to. <laughs> I'm good for that and um yeah it's been a pleasure um but if you need videography websites whatever it is um just contact me just underscore j305 and um make sure you stay tuned to balancing water <laughs> yeah and, um, once this quarantine is over but guys I will put his Instagram down in the description so even if you didn't catch it i got you don't worry about it all right we appreciate you guys listening so stay tuned i'm going to try to work on getting episodes back out every week but it's a little bit difficult so just bear with me all right bye bye